Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to share with you a conversation I had with James Bishara. He's got a brand new book out called Beyond Coffee, a sustainable guide to nootropics, adaptogens, and mushrooms. This is a very interesting topic to bring up because ultimately it dawned on me as I was preparing for this conversation with James that I'd never actually done a conversation on this show focused around caffeine. It's interesting because, you know, 80% of the world is consuming caffeine every day and it's such a tied into productivity topic, this caffeination, this over caffeination even. And I thought, you know, it does make sense to take a step back, take a look at this and see what other possible sources of energy there are. And James, has done a deep dive as well as with his two co-authors to assess which ingredients are scientifically proven to be effective and safe. So as we're all searching for the answer for optimal productivity, and for many of us, that's that first cup of coffee and then continual cups of coffee throughout the day, this book and this conversation will hopefully enlighten you to the proper amount of coffee, if any, you should be having other options that may be better for you, and ultimately a clearer path to energy, focus, and decreased stress and increased productivity. So I'll get out of the way and just say, enjoy this conversation with James Bashara. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show, James Bashara. James, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Eric. So we were talking pre-show that... I have never really dedicated a show to, I don't know if the right word would be stimulants, although that's part of it, but caffeine specifically and coffee for sure, but beyond coffee, which effect, which in fact is the name of your book, which is appropriate since this is, <laughs> since this is beyond the to-do list. So I'm excited to it. talk with you about caffeine and over-caffeinating, which you have a story about, which kind of led you to this topic. I'd love for you to share. What's your backstory with caffeine? Yeah, sure. So uh, this is going to have intonations of, of true addiction um, throughout this story, but it is it goes back to, I, I never really drank coffee college or even in my first job but um but i started to get a taste for it really uh, just the uh, i loved the effects of of the boost in energy that it would give me much like 80 percent of the world drinks caffeine daily and and for um, that's the predominant reason it's it's not necessarily for the taste though that can be acquired over time but seven years ago um, and about two years into running uh, my own company, I had about 50 employees. I was, I took the the modest love of it to a pretty crazy extreme. I was drinking about five to seven cups of coffee a day um, with a to-do list uh, of probably 10 to 12 things every single day that I was trying to crunch through running a company with 50 employees with probably an average of, I don't know, eight or nine meetings a day in addition to all of the uh, actual work that I needed to get done. And my dad, he's he's 72, still drinks about five cups of coffee a day. And I just thought, this is normal. This is fine. And two years into this pretty ridiculous routine, I say ridiculous because I look back and I can't believe that I would drink up to seven cups of coffee a day and wow. think that it was fine. And, I, and side note, I would look it up just thinking, is this bad? Someone tells me this probably isn't good. And I would see uh, a research study here or there saying that, that it's totally fine. And 
for a, a research study for six weeks, maybe it is totally fine. But for me, two years in of uh, this habit and this this addiction, I uh, ended up in the ER with uh, a heart condition that I developed from stress and overconsumption of caffeine um, and irregular heartbeat. I actually went to the doctor before the ER and I had a heartbeat of about 170 beats per minute and it had been going on for about three weeks. I thought it was kind of just butterflies in my stomach. I thought I was nervous about something and and when you're running your own company, you, you know, there's a dozen things you could be nervous about that I couldn't okay, pinpoint. Hold which on. One. I, I, that number freaks me out just hearing it because yeah. I know that on a, you know, on a heavy, let's, let's see here. Let's put that in context. That's, that's a faster beat than somebody like really running almost a marathon. Yeah. That's, I mean, you're on a treadmill, you can, can, and you look down at your Apple watch or whatever in the, in the heartbeat section. And it's like, you could get to 150 and feel like you're running. So 170 without activity is a, a shock. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. Even in the book, I talk about strenuous aerobic exercise being really great for the body, and and it's nature's most powerful anti-inflammatory exercise. It's great for cognition, um, but strenuous aerobic exercise is getting to like one thirty to one fifty yeah. uh, beats per minute, and and the average resting heart rate is anywhere from sixty to ninety beats per minute. So this was um, double that and for three weeks straight. And and I just was not aware of any of this. I didn't know how bad that was. I didn't I didn't even know my heart was beating that fast. It was beating so fast it was more like a hum rather than kind of like a pounding heartbeat at a hundred beats per minute or something. So it was pretty bad and, and the doctor went through this litany of of questions and said, so it appears you have uh, what we call atrial fibrillation. I was 26 at the time, which is very, very young to get that. It's pretty abnormal. And and it's brought on by uh, stress and, uh, and alcohol or uh, caffeine. And I don't really drink. So he then asked, how much, how much caffeine do you have a day? And I said, five to seven cups. And I, I say five to seven, but I was probably drinking seven. And, uh, and he, he kind of nodded his head. Um, it wasn't alarmist about it, but not his head. And, and he said, yeah, um, okay, well, we got to go to the ER across the street and, uh, and need to have cardioversion, which is basically, um, you know, in, in the TV shows and movies, it's where they have those two metal paddles and they shock, shock your heart back into a regular rhythm. Uh, so it's kind of dramatic. It's, it's not too dangerous, but it's, it was pretty, pretty dramatic for a 26 year old that just, an hour earlier, just thought I was nervous about something. And, um, he, before we went to the ER though, he said, um, you know, you're going to have to likely limit your caffeine to about 80 milligrams a day, uh, so that it doesn't trigger this, this heart condition. And I just had no idea, much like 170, uh, or (laughs) atrial fibrillation. I was just like, what is that? What is 80? I had no context for that number. And he said, uh, so I was like, well, how many coffees is that? Is that three or four? What, what's the limit? And he's like, no, that's about a half a cup of coffee. And I was like, there is no friggin' way out of everything. That's why I say, spoken like a true addict, out of everything that he said that day, including we need to go to the ER, cardioversion, heart condition. Out of everything he said, that was the thing. I was like, there is, it stopped me on my tracks. I was like, there is no way I can get through the day on 80 milligrams of, of caffeine. And so I kind of wanted to dive into that a little bit uh, with them of, of like, okay, what do you mean? 
how how uh, serious is this? And it was just like that's where the the drama kind of took a foothold of like, okay, this thing that I've depended on for years uh, to get through the day, and you know, two years into running your own company, you still very much feel like you're at the very beginning, and and it's just like your your big crutch is now taken out from under you, and um, and in one fell swoop, and so I he he noticed the the. Uh, dramatic response. And he said, have you ever tried green tea? It has this stuff in it called uh, L-theanine, which will help extend the absorption of, of caffeine over time and calm you down because your not only your daily stress of, of running your own company is, is having an effect on your biophysiology, but the, the coffee you're drinking, every cup is spiking your cortisol, your stress hormone. And talk about lack of context. It just was None of this had ever crossed my mind before. I, I never even thought of the concept of there being a biological cost to drinking coffee or drinking caffeine or taking a stimulant like that. It just seemed like, well, there's almost 8 billion people around the world. Everybody drinks coffee or tea. It must be the end all be all of, you know, coffee must be totally fine for us. And, uh, and yeah, he said uh, that that one phrase of it has this stuff called L-theanine in it that will help extend your absorption of caffeine over a longer period, a longer period of time and calm you down um, because just coffee has uh, with without L-theanine will spike your cortisol. That single phrase of this L-thea stuff kind of just got lodged in my brain and led to the next six months, my kind of engineering mind just went hardcore after researching all of this stuff because this brand new radical concept is now in, in my mind of other compounds coupled with caffeine can give me a more productive uh, routine, a more productive uh, approach to to my day. And and so that's where it all started. And seven years later and, and a uh, – Amazon best-selling book on the topic is is where we are today. It it sounds like again you getting to that point of overconsumption and and especially a, a you know addiction it was out of necessity you weren't going at it from a, a desire or a you know ooh I just love coffee got to have my coffee because I like it it's because no I have to have it or if I can't if I don't have it I don't function. Yeah, I think it's a, it was out of necessity I'd say necessity I'd say perceived necessity yeah. and 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 then the other 50% was just the cultural permission to just drink a lot of caffeine. It's you know it's interesting my wife and I were watching the Apple TV show um the morning show yes. that Jennifer Aniston show the other day and uh in the the opening scene of the first episode it it shows her just waking up at 4 a.m. uh chugging a uh, Red Bull, making a coffee. She just looks absolutely wrecked, um, you know, getting started for her day. And, and it's the first, it's the first scene of the entire show. And I think they chose that scene because it's really relatable. We all kind of look at that and say, yeah, it's, that's, that is me or that has been me of just burning it at completely both ends, barely getting through. And she's like almost collapsing on her, on her treadmill at you know 5 a.m., uh, with a Red Bull in hand. And it just is, even though we know and I know uh, hosts a morning show, I think we all can relate to that, that feeling of like, okay, 
I have so much in front of me today. I have so little energy within me and I've got to find it somewhere else. And, uh, and we end up chugging coffee and, and energy drinks, thinking that those short-term boosts are, are helpful, having no clue what the biological cost is, is, is happening on, uh, whether it's spiking your stress and cortisol or, um, or causing anxiety or, or limiting your, the quality of your sleep to where you need more caffeine the next day. All of these things became my fascination over the subsequent few years. Yeah. And well, that's exactly why I bring it up because you're, what you're describing is, and the way you, you know, told your story of how you got to where you were is in my story or in my experience with caffeine. Every time I start to get to a point where I'm feeling over caffeinated, which again, for some people, they're like, that's not even a thing. Don't even whatever. All caffeine is good caffeine. And it's like, don't talk to me before coffee and all those kinds of, you know, quippy Pinterest or Instagram, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) you know, images. It's funny because again, it's when life is out of whack, when I'm, when I'm stressed, when I'm tired, when I'm not eating right, that I rely on coffee and it becomes this, this loop of, I, I become over caffeinated, which then affects the things that would have, if I'd been doing them right, kept me from feeling like I needed the coffee, but I need the coffee. And so it then keeps spiraling. Right. Yeah. And, and this, yes, a few foundational thoughts after, after you know, starting this whole kind of uh, fascination and, and dive into the, all of the research. And by the way, it's, it's so funny. Seven years ago, I thought, uh, well, Obviously, coffee is the end all be all of, of energy because, you know, 7.7 billion people uh, can't be wrong with coffee or or tea. Um, you know, 80% of, of the world consumes it each day, uh, coffee or tea. And so I just thought caffeine's the, the end all be all. Coffee is the American drink. And and the, what are the odds that there's anything better? Um, because if there was, we'd know about it. And you fast forward seven years and now the exact opposite is true in my my mind. It's, it's actually the, the opposite of like, what are the odds that we just stumbled on the end all be all of, of energy and productivity 400 years ago when we started to collectively uh, drink coffee. And, and it just now fast forwarding through all of the research in the book, which has hundreds of scientific studies cited. We actually, this isn't, it's, it's a new field of study, but it's not that new. There's about four decades of research on a lot of these compounds that that will boost your productivity um and and now yeah like like i said it's seven years later and i think the exact opposite is true what are the odds i think it's what are the odds that we that we stumbled on the the end all be all 400 years ago and and it now it actually seems pretty obvious the 21st century we're going to create something much better than than the thing that we that we developed without any science at all, just subjective experience of taking a sip of something and being like, whoa, okay, I'm feeling energized. It's, um, yeah, it's, I think we're, we're at the, it's a nascent cultural understanding of the science, but the science is, is, you know, many of these compounds covered in the book have been rigorously scrutinized, uh, scientifically, um, and, and shown really big improvements for, cognition or stress reduction uh, or or energy. I want to dive into the, the, you know, I don't know if we need to say the, the definition of the word nootropic or anything like that. But before that, I actually want to go and set up a little bit more context here, which is that what we're talking about here is 
you know, it's, it's, it's hilarious to me that after doing this show for, um, what's going close to eight years now, a productivity show, I've never had an episode where we talk about caffeine yet. Caffeine and coffee are so just kind of tied in people's minds to productivity, but, but it's because mm-hmm. again, what we were getting at earlier, which is, well, caffeine makes me alert, which equals energy, which makes, which equals focus, which equals productivity. And that's just not a math equation that's 100% accurate. Now, energy's, con- right. energy's connected to productivity, right? But it's not the be all end all. So how do you see the role? Yeah. Of, how do you see the role of energy playing out when it comes to productivity? I love that, that question and, and kind of that zooming out because I think, a hundred years ago, you might just say, "Okay, energy and productivity are synonymous." If you were, if you're a farmer a hundred years ago, then yeah, you you really need energy to get through the day. Now, 2020, you need more than just energy. If you are someone that has 87 emails that need to be re- replied to, with 87 different decisions that need to be made, and 45 push notifications on your phone, uh, it's we live in this world that requires a lot more cognition than just energy. And so one of the things that I, I'd say one of the foundational things that I discovered in, in diving into this space was that productivity is more than just energy. And it is energy, cognition, and balance. And it really should be measured in terms of months instead of hours. Me, seven years ago, I measured productivity in terms of what did I knock off on my to-do list to to bring it to beyond the to-do list. And, and I think it is, um, you eloquently articulate that the whole world of productivity is beyond just the 12 things on your docket for the day. It's choosing which things you're going to focus on. It's the direction, not just the speed in which you're, you're going to uh, act. In. And I think one of the things that I think about, and I, I, I see eyes light up when I talk about this, is that you're right, we, we tend to associate energy with productivity, but really productivity um, is is energy. It's wakefulness, it's alertness, but it's also cognition, focus, clarity, uh, memory, creativity. So, you know, lateral thinking. Mm-hmm. If you chug three coffees, if you drink a lot of caffeine, it's called a vasoconstrictor. It's going to constrict the blood flow to your brain, and it's great for running through a wall. If you have just like some big task, if you're farming that requires no cognition, maybe it's great for that. But you actually want a lot of blood flow to the brain for creative lateral thinking and creative insights and deciding, okay, out of these 87 emails, which are the ones that are most important for me to reply to? Out of these 12 different to-do list things, what's the one most important thing? And and that actually requires a lot of lateral thinking uh, or anyone that has done any creative problem solving just realize that you can't just – can't just run through a wall with with energy. You you've got to uh, take more and more information in to try to come up with sometimes creative solutions. And those are examples: focus, clarity, memory, creativity. Those are examples of uh, cognition. But that's also not the complete equation. I think the complete equation also includes balance or the fact that with those eighty-seven emails, forty-five push notifications, and just a world where we have a lot of pervasive low-grade stress. A compound that you can consume in the morning, something like uh, ashwagandha or rhodiola, and and the full title of the book is Beyond Coffee, A Sustainable Guide to Nootropics, Adaptogens, and Mushrooms. And uh, adaptogens are are stress-reducing compounds like ashwagandha or rhodiola. I have found that those tend to be as powerful for my productivity than just energy. 
And and drinking an espresso or drinking the energy shot might have been my go-to to you know get through one more list on the the to-do list seven years ago. I was like, oh my goodness, this is profoundly beneficial to my productivity to remove this low-grade stress that builds up. One that's contributed to by chugging a lot of, of caffeine and spiking your cortisol, the body stress hormone, but also taking something like ashwagandha or rhodiola in the morning, which has been used for 3,000, 4,000 years uh, in India uh, for a stress reduction. It is so powerful for me to just cruise through my to-do list really just melts away because I don't have this, uh, this anxiousness that causes a lot of uh, for me, it it will procrastinate my to do list because I'm like ah, I, and I I never thought of productivity as a function of anxiousness um, or stress um, seven years ago. But that's the equation that I think about now: productivity being energy, cognition, and balance. We're going to move beyond coffee and talk more about nootropics in a moment with James Bashara. But first, I want to take a real quick break to say thank you to our two sponsors for making this episode possible. First up is HoneyBook. And if you're a small business owner, you didn't get into your business to do admin work. You got into your business because you were passionate about your business. But if the tedious admin work is keeping you from doing the part of the job you actually love, HoneyBook can take those tasks off your to-do list so you can focus on why you started your business in the first place. HoneyBook is an online business management tool that organizes your client communications, bookings, contracts, invoices, all in one place. It's perfect for freelancers entrepreneurs, or small business owners that want to consolidate services they already use, like QuickBooks, Google Suite, Excel, MailChimp, so that you can simplify your to-do list and stay in control. With HoneyBook, you can automate your busy work. They've got easy-to-use templates for emails, proposals, brochures, and invoices, and they also have e-signatures and built-in automation to save you time and get you paid faster. And right now, HoneyBook is offering our listeners 50% off when you visit tryhoneybook.com slash beyond. Payment is flexible, and this promotion applies whether you pay monthly or annually. Go to tryhoneybook.com slash beyond for 50% off your first year. That's tryhoneybook.com slash beyond. In this episode, we're talking about how coffee can have its downsides, even though it's got its upsides. And really what we're grasping for there is being able to be more alert and more focused. I've used something often instead of coffee called Brain FM that works so much better. It does way more than focus. It does relaxation, deep sleep, meditation. It gets you into that brain state, whichever one you're trying to get into, quicker. It's music that was created with a science-first approach that sounds different and affects your brain differently than any other music. So it's my go-to to pop on headphones wherever I'm at, whether that's out and about or sitting at my desk. When I need to focus, I'm reaching for Brain FM. I love this tool. I pay for it myself. I'm now into year two and I'm loving it. The benefit has been amazing. You can try five sessions for free and get 20% off a full year by going to beyondthetodolist.com slash brain FM. That's five sessions for free and 20% off a full year. Just go to beyondthetodolist.com slash brain FM. Beyond coffee, beyond nootropics and adaptogens and mushrooms, these are all things that like somebody's like, well, okay, so do I just replace the coffee in my life with those things? And I think you'd say, no, there's other things you've got to look at first before then diving into this world. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Uh, that it's one of the things that I, I mentioned in the book three different times in three different ways, but also uh, I try to mention it in every conversation about this stuff. Though the book focuses on these um, exogenous compounds that, whether it's caffeine or, or adaptogens and ashwagandha or um, omega-3s, whatever it is, you know, productivity really, the exogenous compound side of things should be last on a list of five things to do a personal audit in terms of productivity measured in months rather than hours. And that is first thing, Biggest priority is sleep. So, you know, they say muscles are made in the kitchen, uh, not in the gym. And and it kind of it reorients your thinking towards health and nutrition, what you're eating to build muscle mass rather than just going to the gym and, and neglecting kitchen. Similarly, productivity, I think, is built in the bedroom and that it's just focusing on a uh, really consistent approach to sleep. No matter how much you meditate or, or how clean you're eating, if you get three hours of sleep a night, if you get uh, four hours, five hours of sleep a night, then it, it will not help you be your most productive self. So the most important thing is sleep. Second is, and, and the pro tip there through my research is two things. One, aiming for seven to eight hours each night. And, and it just it's one out of 10,000 people can really get by on less than that. It's some people can, but it's very, very rare. And uh, the second pro tip there is waking up every morning at the same time. Your circadian rhythm isn't uh, eight or nine hours while you're sleeping. Circadian rhythm is, is 24 hours. And uh, to set your circadian rhythm to where it knows when to go to bed, when to hit deep sleep, when to wake up naturally, um, you can do that by seven or eight days of just waking up every morning at the same time. And the second thing is diet. Um, the pro tip there, it's great to eat whole foods. It's great to eat healthy. But actually, I think the biggest pro tip for productivity there is limiting alcohol intake. That, And it really goes back to the first one being sleep. Three drinks, three or more drinks in a night can decrease your uh, sleep, uh, the sleep quality by up to 40%. That you know just wrecks your sleep and it's going to wreck your productivity the next day. It would be like you know only sleeping four hours instead of seven, and and that has a massive toll on on IQ productivity and then obviously energy throughout the day. So that's on diet, exercise being third. Exercise has been has been proven to be more cognitively enhancing than any of these exogenous uh, and and exotic sounding compounds. Three. Three um, it's three sessions of highly intense aerobic exercise a week, so about fifteen to twenty minutes. Cycling, running um, is is the pro tip there for a body's natural approach to anti-inflammation, which can cause stress, anxiety, um, a, a lot of chronic issues, and then it also is really great for just getting rid of a lot of toxins in the body. And, um, and with that decreased inflammation, it also, um, think of your brain being inflamed or any of your natural organs being inflamed. It's, it's essentially sending a signal to your whole body. There's issues here. There's, there's a problem here. This is the focus that we need to, uh, that we need our, our cognitive, um, functions focused on. And, and when you get rid of that inflammation, then it is, it's like getting rid of a headache. It is, um, it's really powerful for being able to focus on external tasks. Fourth is stress management. Stress management. So you've got sleep, diet, exercise, and the fourth, stress management. Stress management, um, the pro tip there is uh, honestly the two biggest pro tips there are the first, uh, I think, s- stress management tips like um, meditation and breath work are 
really great. Dr. Andrew Weil uh, is is famous for many things within uh, the medicine world, the medical world, and integrative medicine. Um, but I think one of the most powerful things he's he has brought to the forefront in the last few years is is breathwork. You could Google four seven eight breathing, and I think that that is a really great approach to mitigating stress in your life naturally. Big advocate for I think the most powerful stress management uh, approach is being honest, being super honest with everyone around you. And whether it's your job, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your friends, um, that that can be one of the biggest sources of stress in life is having things that, are, that you feel that you think and leaving them unsaid and or deceptively leading people in a different direction. And then that really messing with your ability to, uh, to mitigate stress. Fifth is, uh, is this whole world that the book covers and this whole world beyond coffee for for productivity. But I'm really glad you, you were able to, to give me a chance just to talk about the fact that this stuff should be fifth on the list. And, and like I said, it, there is no there is no magic pill that can that can help you recuperate from three hours of sleep and and be your most productive self. Oh yeah, because coffee's the easy one to talk about because everybody's doing it. We're all addicted, um, or at least a lot. Right. Of, a, a lot of us are. Um, it strikes me that those first three things out of the five really directly relate, or I should say, uh, directly affect the level of stress or stress, our ability to have stress management before going into what you were talking about, which I really love the honesty thing. That was really cool. I'd never thought or heard about that one before, but sleep, diet, and exercise obviously being incredible stress relievers, or at least giving us the ability to cope with the stress uh, in a reasonable way versus an unreasonable way. Right. Yeah. It's, and it's kind of a, a metaphor for for coffee. So the way that coffee works on the body is um, your body builds up uh, these neurotransmitters called adenosine that tell the body, hey, we're tired, we're fatigued, we should get some rest. And coffee works not by giving you energy. It actually doesn't give us any right. energy. It, bl- it blocks your adenosine receptors that tell your body that you're tired. So you feel like it's giving you energy, but what it's really doing is it's just turning off the check engine light in your car. It's not fixing the engine. And it is as good for your car as being like, all right, it's smoking and it says check engine, but I'm just going to turn off the check engine light. And, and you can think that everything's fine, but these other things actually fix the engine. Sleep, diet, exercise, stress management, and other compounds can fix the engine. So, you know, your, your body's actual natural uh, energy source is kind of the um, nuclear currency of energy is, is called ATP. And ATP uh, produce the mitochondrial part of your cells. That is, you can, you can build that up, but it's things like cordyceps mushrooms, things like creatine. Those will build up ATP in your body, and it takes seven, eight days for it to really get going. And just like fixing the engine takes longer than, than shutting off the check engine light. But you know, 400 years ago, with only the subjective experience to guide us without science or understanding of, of you know, the biophysiology of this stuff, you would just be like, oh, this works. Stim- that's why stimulants have culturally become so pervasive because – the subjective experience, you feel it within 30 minutes and you're telling your friend, you got to try this versus some of these things like adaptogens that decrease your stress that take seven or eight days. Um, things that build up ATP, the actual energy currency in your body takes seven or eight days. 
it is um and again like this just never occurred to me i it never uh, i think i was like everyone else just led by subjective experience to where if you were to give me a pill of something then i've tried basically everything out there um uh, and and we can talk about the really dangerous things that uh, that the research is just so clear on that i was just i just was like there's no point in trying that but Something like uh, Adderall or amphetamines, you feel it within uh, as a stimulant. You feel it within 30 minutes, and and I think culturally that's that's what guided us in the last several centuries. But hopefully, we're starting to get more oriented towards you know long-term approach, and hence the title "sustainable approach." I really wanted in my own life to make sure that I would feel better on day seven than day one, feel even better on day 77 than day seven. I really wanted it to be this kind of crescendo uh, of an arc of, of productivity and and cognitive enhancing um, approach to to my morning rituals, rather than these short little bursts that sent me to the ER when they culminate towards seven little bursts of caffeine every single day. I love the analogy of turning off the the car. Uh, the the check engine light as one of the examples the, of well of what caffeine does that it, it's almost like if you numb the pain you know oh it doesn't mean the pain's not there or the cause of the pain's not there you're not allevi- right. you're not fixing the problem caffeine's not fixing the problem but I think what I hear you saying is that the right compounds can actually do healing and or repairing yeah it's it is and it it's our approach to it's our approach to so much about our health is symptom management rather than getting to root causes. Yes. And, and I think when you do start to think about it in terms of months instead of hours or days, then you end up only being fascinated and, and obsessed with the, the root causes of these things. And, and so, you know, the, the compounds that I really love, um, and have come to love, uh, it through the research, through subjective experience and giving myself eight days to feel the full effects rather than, you know, 30 minutes. And, um, and through the knowledge sharing, my two co-authors in the book are, are, uh, insanely smart, um, medical practitioners around this stuff. One co-author, Dan Angle, he's uh, a psychiatrist, neurologist, and, um, he is a peak performance coach, one of the best in the world on, on this stuff. You just start to shift your thinking a little bit more towards the long term, which then really gets rid of a lot of this stuff that can give you an eight-hour boost, and then you feel like crap the next day. And you start to think about it, like I said, in terms of productivity rather than just being synonymous with energy. Start thinking about uh, stress management, and and you start thinking about your sleep habits and and your approach to diet and exercise. My favorite compounds. And the book, you know, titled Beyond Coffee, it's not anti-coffee. Coffee is still great. I had a cup of coffee this morning, uh, or at least half of one, and it was, it's, it's great for its natural caffeine. It has antioxidants. I will say I, I drink matcha uh, green tea more predominantly, um, and that's because it has 140 times the antioxidants of, of coffee. Um, but it also, um, early research has shown that re- it has natural L-theanine which we touched on before, but much is a great alternative to, to coffee because it's, it has less caffeine. The caffeine also binds to these complex molecules called catechins that make it really hard for the body to metabolize it. So it essentially becomes nature's time release caffeine. 
and it has L-theanine, which helps lower uh, and lessen the the spike in in, in cortisol um, to keep you calm while being awake and and alert. And it it's just a, a litany of little tips and tricks uh, about these uh, alternatives to coffee that have that have allowed me to be way more productive. But it's not even about being uh, kind of getting things done. It's about the peace of mind that I'm able to bring into each conversation, each interaction. Uh, you know, I look back and and see that there is so much when you when you keep driving when that check engine light is off, but the the engine is is under uh, extreme you know, stress and and breaking down. That's like you said, you can numb the pain on an injury, and it's only going to make the injury worse. And I look back and and I see so much of my stress didn't just come from the biophysiological effects of, of coffee, but also just the interactions. When I drink a lot of caffeine, a lot of stimulant, uh, any type of stimulant, I can't listen to people. I really cannot have a conversation where I'm listening uh, to, to someone else. That presents a lot, of, a lot of problems down the road. That is the engine smoking and, and you're not really getting the right signals um, by ignoring it. And, and I look back on just all of the uh, self-inflicted wounds and stress that I caused that, that I was really numb to, I should say, because I, I was just kind of one trick pony. Let me drink more caffeine, more energy. So say somebody has uh, gone through what we've talked about here and they, they, they've they've heard us talking about root causes versus symptoms and, you know, kind of address that, you know, often what we're doing is just treating symptoms instead of root cause. They've, they've, you know, they've gone through and done sleep, diet, exercise, stress management. And then they're at the point now where they're considering, you know, Hey, I feel way better than I did. And I've cut my caffeine intake though. I still quote, love it and can't, quote, live without it, <laughs> you know, nah, uh, they, right. they still want, in other words, they still want coffee in their lives and they're not dependent upon it. They, they want to enjoy it and enjoy it um, in moderation. Moving into the world of nootropics, you've meant, we've mentioned a few like L-theanine and ashwagandha and, and obviously caffeine also being one, really. Um, what are some of the right. other uh, ones? And caffeine is a great one, but yeah, yeah it's not yeah. all that nature and nature gives us. Right. And that's, and that's kind of where I'm going here is for somebody who is just entering into that world of possibilities, uh, we want to, I, I guess I want you to play guide here a little bit. I want people, sure. to, one, I want people to go get the book and really dive into this, but take heed of the warning of, Hey, don't go to this fifth thing first, go to the one through four first. Then if you really want to be, Again, like you said, not just productive, but have this peace of mind, this calm but focused calm, this clarity of thought even, which is in a way, uh, you know, we're talking about doing a road trip with the, the light off, uh, not the, the, the check engine light off and the engine still, right. uh, you know, on fire. Well, one, put the engine out, fix the light, and then the road trip, I imagine, would then almost be like we're on a hoverboard if you're in that peace of mind, Right. Yeah, that's and and it's it's just yeah, it's less combustible. In other words, frictionless. Fewer, fewer, yes, exactly. Fewer points of friction, fewer moving parts. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's you know, you drink five cups of coffee, and let's say your last one is at three four p.m. The half life of the caffeine will be six six hours. So it, half of the caffeine is still in your body at ten p.m. 
and and therefore you're going to need more coffee the next day if you get really low quality sleep and especially if you're just waking up at 8 a.m one day 11 a.m the next day 10 a.m the next day back to 8 a.m it just it is it can cause this really uh really chaotic downstream effects but let's say you take the time and it takes about 12 days to to rid your body of of the dependence you build on caffeine you build the the tolerance within 20 to 30 days, which is so fascinating to think about. So my parents, they'll drink the same two cups of coffee every morning. As we all know, know the people that will drink the same two cups of coffee or the same ritual every morning for 50 years. They actually stopped getting the benefits of that, of that caffeine 30 days into it, uh, 50 years prior, which is really crazy to think about. So once you build up that tolerance, you're really just in maintenance mode. If you want to get off of caffeine, you can do it um, in about 12 days to reset your body. And, and the, the trick there, the the first three days are the hardest trick. There's, you know, find it in a work schedule, uh, you know, time window that you, that you feel like you could do this. And um, the first three days, just be, be prepared with ibuprofen and drink decaf for 12 days so that you still have a tiny bit of caffeine. You still have the kind of, um, the ritual that you want. And, and it's a great approach. It's also really great if you combine it with maybe a, a B complex, a vitamin B complex that will give you energy and in, in different in a different way. Um, just so that you, you don't feel too sluggish, but let's say you reset it, or let's say you just, you're drinking three cups of coffee, four cups, and you know that you want to get down to, to less caffeine. I'd say the biggest tip I give people is switch to to tea. It's what my doctor said and started this whole journey. But switching to tea, matcha uh, green tea is uh, has slightly more caffeine than than regular green tea. It's the ground up tea leaves. It has 130 times the, the antioxidants of green tea, uh, so way more antioxidants, way more antioxidants than coffee. 140 times as much as as coffee. And, and that's a great alternative to automatically give you less caffeine. It has about half the caffeine, a little less than half the caffeine of, of an average coffee. So you can drink two cups of matcha green tea instead of two cups of coffee, and you'll have this natural time release version of caffeine. So that's a great, that's my favorite alternative to, to coffee. Sometimes you go out with friends to a uh, coffee shop or you go to a meeting and they're only serving coffee, um, you know, so be it. But maybe you just drink half of the cup instead of the the entirety of it. Then you get into what the book dives into pretty uh, pretty in depth, and it's you know it's, it's a bit a bit of an encyclopedic read. Um, but really, people can can cruise through it in about an hour. It's it's I did not want to write a book that that was twice as long as it needed to be. We we all wanted to uh, really adhere to our own preference of. <laughs> Just tell me what I need to know. Make it as a simple read. So it's really a, a simple, a short read for folks. But other things that are really, really powerful that are just kind of hidden in plain sight and, and very well understood scientifically. Things like ashwagandha and rhodiola that I touched on will decrease uh, cortisol, decrease stress. It's the adaptogen side of the equation, um, decreasing stress for you to just for all of us living in, in this modern world of, of low-grade pervasive stress, um, those that can be really powerful for – think of it kind of like just freeing you up. And yet going from a uh, – I like that, you know, tires on the ground to a hoverboard. It just – it's like being, you know, half an inch above the ground. And um, third is something like turmeric. Turmeric is an anti-inflammatory. In 2016, it was proven as effective as Prozac for antidepressive symptoms. As effective as Prozac, it costs about 
a dollar fifty a pound versus about a thousand bucks a pound for something like Prozac, and has none of the side effects that SSRIs have, like like Prozac. So um, I'm a big big fan of turmeric, uh, huge fan. It's it's in ninety five percent of Indian dishes. You probably have heard of it and yeah. thought of it as a spice, but it's a great supplemental compound for. Uh, Natural, natural compound for uh, improving your mood and, and decreasing uh, inflammation. Another really great one is uh, something like cinecholine or CDP choline, um, which um, that's choline is naturally found in eggs and it is great for increasing blood flow to the brain for that lateral thinking. So instead of the vasoconstrictive effects of uh, caffeine and coffee, you actually can drink your caffeine, but if you supplement it with um, with CDP choline or some source of choline, alpha GPC covered in the book is also another one. You you can get the effects of the caffeine, the the uh, adenosine blocking uh, aspects of of caffeine, but you also with choline you can get increased blood flow to the brain. Choline is also really great because it not only helps with uh, creative lateral thinking with increased blood flow to the brain when you take it in the morning, but it also it's also been shown to improve REM sleep at night. So that's it's it's crazy to you know when, whenever I would pick up these kind of nuggets of information around these compounds, it just makes coffee look like a sledgehammer. When you know today in the world we live in, we, you really want a paintbrush and. Something that, like choline that can improve your creative thinking, improve blood flow to the brain, and 12, 13, 14 hours later also improve uh, your sleep quality. It's, it sounds too good to be true, but, uh, but the literature is pretty clear on this. Yeah, it does sound uh, too good to be true. I want to – let's, let's spell out here a little bit um, in the time that we have left. What's the difference between nootropics – adaptogens and then obviously people hear the word mushrooms and they think hallucinogens right off the bat which isn't necessarily right. true so let's let's clear the air on these three ter- these uh three terms sure yeah and if people go to beyondcoffeebook.com they can also uh for free get the first two chapters um and they can also see what what i take in the morning and what uh, the co- the my co-authors what we all take in the morning so you can kind of jump to what does all the research say that that we take um so nootropics or nootropics, um, it's, it was a term coined in the 70s, and it just means cognitive-enhancing products or co- uh, cognitive-enhancing compounds. They could be synthetic and made in the lab, um, like amphetamines, or they could be uh, natural, like caffeine or uh, omega-3s or, or choline that we talked about that comes naturally in eggs. But the defining characteristic is, does it improve your cognition in some form or fashion? So focus, clarity, um, memory, creativity, and there are there's kind of three buckets within nootropics. There's the stuff that's scientifically well understood. There is the dangerous, scientifically understood, but dang- and, and safe in the first bucket. The second bucket is scientifically understood, but but dangerous, and uh, whether it's has addictive properties or it is kind of this uh, spike in in productivity, but you. You know, robbing Peter to pay Paul, you pay for it the next day uh, by feeling like crap, something like modafinil or or Adderall. And then there's a third bucket, which is just hype BS. And and just it's got a lot of hype around it, but there's no scientific understanding of, of if this compound works or not. Um, so that's nootropics or nootropics, pretty interchangeable 
um, pronunciation. Second is uh, adaptogens, which are the stress-reducing compounds. And it's a big part of the book because of, of what I was saying earlier, just productivity discovered kind of this insight three or four years ago that, whoa, productivity is way more than just energy. It is cognition and um, and balance as well. And when you are stressed, it's just none of us. You create. It's like that engine on fire. You're creating more problems than you're solving or you know, running on a bum knee because you've numbed the pain, you're creating a lot of a lot of problems that you're going to have to pay for. And I think when we live in a stressed state, it decreases your sleep quality. It decreases your uh, the quality of your interactions with coworkers or peers or friends. Um, it's it's not a pretty pretty place to be in. And and so that's the adaptogenic side of things. And then mushrooms, mushrooms are just and fungi. It's it's this newer category of of us of compounds that we're understanding can't like cordyceps mushrooms can actually improve that, that the actual energy currency for the body ATP or the creation of, uh, of ATP or it's something like lion's mane mushrooms, which in addition to, uh, to caffeine, um, is just another, another compound that nature gives us, you know, out of the panoply of compounds that nature provides us, for almost everything, you know, it's. I used to think caffeine was the end all be all that nature gives us for for energy, but it turns out there's handful of things that that nature gives us, and and lion's mane mushrooms is, you know, it's another fungal example of of something that's really beneficial for productivity. Uh, I personally take uh, lion's mane and and cordyceps every morning, and lion's mane has a lot of the energy benefits of caffeine, but none of the um, none of the uh, physiological costs. Uh, it doesn't spike your cortisol. It is. Um, it also improves your mood. And it's something that I've found that I can have the energy boost by having my matcha green tea with, with a lion's mane of maybe the energy boost of two coffees even, but I don't have the spike in cortisol, the stress. In fact, it actually improves my mood uh, rather than stresses me out two, three, four hours later. I have tried some different things and, you know, obviously, again, caffeine being the, the biggest pervasive tool. So I love that you equated it with a, a sledgehammer because that is what it feels like uh, because it's like this. Not only does it feel like you see instant uh, results by the slamming of the hammer, but it also can give you right. a pounding headache, too. Absolutely. And I am not joking when I said I, I had a half a cup of coffee this morning and I don't typically drink coffee. Um, and, and I immediately just started to feel, uh, this anxiousness coming up and, yeah. and it, it, and it just is this, um, you know, within probably three hours. And the reason I know it's not just kind of work related things is I had more or less a very similar day yesterday. And, and I hosted my own podcast on kind of a, a psychological approach to work called below the line. And so I, I'm, there's nothing out of the ordinary for for today, um, but as you become more sensitive to this side of of things, uh, I just could feel within three hours. Ah, oh, I feel a little anxiousness, and uh, it must have been that uh, the coffee that I that I had, you know, three hours prior. Yeah. Well, uh, James, it's been awesome I'm talking with you uh, again. You just talked about uh, your podcast. Can you uh, you know pitch pitch us to that again, real quick? Sure. So yeah, it's uh, I love 
by the way, I love your podcast, Eric. I told you that before we we started uh, before we started our our recording. But um, podcasts are, I think it's you know, it's this little pithy word, podcast, that makes it kind of seem like it's in this this dark corner of all of the media that we can consume. But I I love the fact that you can hear directly from. Uh, from an expert or directly from the source rather than through the lens of of a reporter and then you got to digest in a thousand words on an, in a uh, you know newspaper article something like this um, is is you just get to hear right from the author for example so I love podcasts and one of the things that as a founder here in Silicon Valley that I realized was missing uh, that podcasts could allow is I really miss and and saw this in my own journey that I would get the partial stories of people's kind of creation myths of their companies or their careers. And you, you know, it makes sense. If you have a feature in fortune magazine, you're not going to talk about all of the failures along the way. You're not going to talk about everything that, that uh, keeps you up at night today. You're not going to talk about um, all of the mistakes you made that, that others could learn from. And when I went through a pretty tumultuous time in my career and, and failure of, of the last company that I was building, it was the conversations with some of the best investors and entrepreneurs here in the Bay Area um, in the world that they would tell me they went through something very similar and in their careers that I my kind of just I would just light up and be like, man, I wish I could have heard this 12 months ago, two years ago, five years ago, because all you get is kind of the like a, um, a an iceberg in the ocean. You get. 10% of the story above the ground or above the waterline and 90% of what's really going on is below the waterline. And, and therefore the name of the podcast is below the line. And it's a, uh, it's a podcast dedicated to what's really going on within a founder's life, their career also going into the psychological approach to creation uh, as well as not just their kind of external habits. And we touch on sleep, diet, exercise and, and things like that for sure. But we also talk about just the reason that they got into entrepreneurship, um, the the spiritual side of things comes up way more often than I thought it would, and and people talk about kind of that that softer side, but ultimately, for a lot of us, the more important side of living a meaningful life and and living one with purpose that might manifest itself into a cool billion dollar company on the outside, but on the inside. Uh, there's far more you can take away from the individual than just being you know, a financial success. I love the concept, and it sounds like it's really uh, exciting for you to execute on that for sure. So I would encourage everybody to go check that out, and I'll link up to that in the show notes. And obviously, uh, everybody should go uh, either go buy the book or go grab the book, uh, Beyond Coffee, uh, let me give the full title again because I don't want to mess it up because it's it's a really cool. Sure. You know, I want to I want to give the full breadth and depth of what's in there. It's Beyond Coffee, a sustainable guide to nootropics, adaptogens, and mushrooms. And again, BeyondCoffeeBook.com is where you said uh, people That's can right. go get the first two chapters for free and find out um, you know what it is you're taking and and the co-authors are taking. That's right. And, and yeah, people can check out the podcast at it is uh, below the line on your favorite podcast app and uh, below the line dot com. Uh, or, you know, folks can can follow me on Twitter uh, at James Bashera and uh, and they can see all of the different projects that that I'm working on. It's uh, it's true to the nature of of a dedication of produ- productive living. Um, it's been fun to write the book. It's been fun to uh, create this podcast in the last in the last year, and 
by day, I'm a full-time, full-time angel investor in, in tech companies uh, here in the Bay Area as well as around the world. And, and so, yeah, my full-time job is, is helping, helping founders uh, that might be a little bit earlier in their, their journey and career uh, than me, helping them avoid all the mistakes that I made as well as create really world-changing products and, and companies. And, and it sounds a little cliche, but, um, but it is, I think it's one of the most highest leverage thing that, that, that individuals and teams can do is, is to create new products and services for the world. And it's, it's a blessing to get to help with that, uh, during the day and, and talk about uh, a book like this, um, you know, at night. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for getting us more focused in and honed in on not just the symptomatic treating of, you know, what we feel at first, but digging down into the root causes and then giving us a primer on what nootropics and adaptogens and mushrooms are. And honestly, I think that probably what we're going to have to do is have you come back at some point and we do a deeper level dive and get even further, especially as things uh, develop and change in this new world that we're, you know, at some point we'll figure out the thing that replaces coffee, right? Right. So, right. I'd, I'd love that, Eric. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, James, thank you so much for being here. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, that's another episode crossed off your podcast listening to-do list. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with James Bashara. I really enjoyed going through the book and talking with James about this volatile topic of coffee, caffeine, nootropics, adaptogens, and mushrooms. You really ought to go pick up Beyond Coffee. It's a great book. Make sure to go check out his site as well. I'll link up to that in the show notes, which you can find at beyondthetodolist.com slash 312. That's also where you can hit the share button to share this episode with somebody if you know they're addicted to coffee and honestly probably shouldn't be. Or go ahead and do me the favor of hitting the share button in your podcast player where you're listening to this right now. Share it with that person you know needs to hear this episode. Thank you for that favor. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you next episode.